Hey, this is Kim and Jenny. Welcome to the Homeschool Well podcast. Like days of old where women would gather at the well to find community, refreshment, and support, the Homeschool Well is your trusted, God-centered homeschool community for enlightenment, encouragement, and empowerment. Welcome to episode 15, Homeschooling Through the Holidays, Everything Counts. In today's episode, we're going to give you five ways that you are probably already homeschooling during the holidays, and you can count these as school. Before we get going on today's podcast, we want to tell you about a free new resource we have for you. Consider this. Have you worried that you don't know what you're doing? Are you tired of trying to figure out everything on your own? Have you been searching for a like-minded community you can actually trust? Do you long for easier days so that you can enjoy your kids? Many homeschool moms struggle with these same challenges. You are not alone and we have solutions. Go to the homeschoolwell.com slash tips and download our tried and true advice from veteran homeschool moms. That's us. We made this guide with 30 of the best tips for how to homeschool well. We use these tips to keep the big picture in mind when we were homeschooling, and we know this practical and encouraging advice will give you the confidence you need to help your homeschool thrive. That's 30 expert tips to be your child's best teacher. Download the keys to teach well, be well, and help your children learn well at thehomeschoolwell.com slash tips. You'll also get updates and more homeschool help to your inbox. So get the 30 expert tips to be your child's best teacher at thehomeschoolwell.com slash tips. On with the show. Today is December 1st when we're recording this, and we are talking about homeschooling during the holidays. And we all know the holidays can be stressful and full of joy when you're doing extra things on top of all the crazy things you're already doing. So today we want to encourage homeschool moms and let them know that everything counts educationally during the holidays. And so today we thought of five ways that things that you're already doing count for school. So we're going to talk about those and let you know that you're good. Mark it down, count it as reading, math, presentation skills, language arts, all the things. Especially if it's an afterthought. Don't get frenetic when you think, oh, we're taking too much time off. Just think about how you're incorporating that into your lesson plans, right? And go back and put it down in there because things are going to happen during the holidays outside of the traditional schooling hours, which often happens anyway in homeschooling, but especially during December, the month of December, put that in their portfolio of education, you know, in their lesson plans. Definitely. Everything. Yeah. Sometimes you don't realize it until you go back and look at pictures or anything else. So we're going to do five things and we're going to talk about each one. And the first one is making lists. And because I was a primary reading teacher, I can think of all the different things that are so great about making lists. So during the holidays, you might be making lists. Uh, I know my kids always made lists of what they wanted for Christmas. So they're writing down things, trying to figure out how to spell them, making grocery lists, helping mom out, making tons of grocery lists. Party planning and meal planning lists. My girl, yes. 
And so this is what we're going to have at the party. And, you know, even if they're not writing it down with pencil and pen, nowadays, my kids, of course, use Amazon wish list, right? Not, they're not even writing, they're not even typing anything, but they could type things in. Also, we do this at, in the notepad feature or the reminders shopping list and all of that is writing because right in the future yeah. now in their real world, they're going to be typing on a keyboard. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So writing lists is reading, writing, and learning how to make lists with technology. All okay. right. So the second way that you're probably already schooling is if you send Christmas cards to your family or friends, or if your kids just want to make a card for someone like that goes with a gift for grandma or whatever, there's so many great things that you can learn by writing cards. Okay. So yeah, I have a great idea for this because I really love to use the return address um, stickers. And for a long time, we had one of those stampy things, mm -hmm. so little kids, especially that might be a little bit more tactile for them to see, you know, that the sticker for the stamp is on one side of the envelope and the sticker for my address right. is on the other side of the envelope, right? right? A little stamp thing. Even if your kids are little, they can still be, even if the kid, like you just said, can only put a stamp on the upper right corner, they're learning that's how an envelope works. If they are maybe just only writing their name every time at the bottom of love so-and-so, or maybe they can write a comma after love, or maybe they can write the L for love on every card or the word love on every card or whatever, they can help you do that. And they are learning writing skills and pre-writing skills and how to address a letter. If your kids are older, how to address the letter, dear so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or the, even just dear so-and-so. Normal manner. Right. Important. So this is where my story comes in of the wife of a doctor that I was having dinner with and she works in the office of his doctor's office. And she said, there's been two people, two employees that they've had. These people are in their twenties and they had to teach them how to write out a formal letter. Like this is where in the letter, the date goes and the address, <laughs> that, you know, formally nobody does that anymore, but I'm sure there's a template through Google docs. Or but whatever. you do if you're, yeah, but you do, if you need a job or you need to yeah. give someone a formal letter. Absolutely. Yeah. So they had to train them. She was just shocked that she had to sit there and train somebody about how to, you know, where to put the elements to a formal letter. All right. Yeah. So those are very All ages. Yes. Multi-age. There's lots to learn from writing Christmas cards or letters. Absolutely. I mean, that could be a week's worth of language <laughs> arts. Lessons. I was just thinking oh, the whole that. month. I mean, that's a ton. Start them, start them in November and work on November. There's your grammar and English language arts for, for November. Awesome. Number three is cooking. And there's so much mm -hmm. in cooking. Yes. So math obviously fractions there's volume is it volume or capacity where you're filling cups and all of that I don't know right doubling recipes tripling quadrupling for cookies I know we always have to quadruple or triple one of my cookie recipes 
Oh, how about cutting a recipe in half? I was just going to say, you're going the other way. Yes, cutting it in half. Well, if you're giving away cookies, you have to triple or quadruple it. If you're just making them for your family, you probably want to third it or... The last thing I, I had was a crab pie that pretty much- Yeah, I meant to ask you about that. It was so good. Myself and my mom are going to chow down on that thing. So I'm not going to make the whole recipe. I made it just a little smaller. Uh, so sometimes too, I mean, how do you half an egg? That's just a philosophical question right oh, there. Right. That's I'm going to tell everybody what I do. I just use the whole egg. There you go. <laughs> That's a good point too, right? I mean, you have to be perfect when you cook, (laughs) but anyway, it's a, it's an amazing thing. Um, the, all the elements of math in cooking, but the other part, as we get older, that's so super important is a basic life skill. Okay. Oh, that's true too. All of these are actually so, but, um, the math too, if, even if your child is young, just counting how many cups of flour we're going to put and you know what I mean? Just, and having experience, it takes a lot of years to know how much is a cup, how much is a gallon, how much is a quart. You really have to work with those units a lot to understand what the capacity of those is. And I did not have a good handle on that until honestly, I started homeschooling my kids and we really started playing all the time with, you know, cups of water pouring. Let's try this one. What do you think? Estimate and all of that. So all that experience of using all of those instruments. They're very abstract in America because we aren't based on the metric system. Another thing that's interesting to do is to throw in the liter container into the mix and see how that compares, you know, to quarts and pints and gallons and everything. And just in the last couple of years, Miss Jenny, I have learned in cooking how to use a scale to measure things. Because if you look at European Mm -hmm. recipes, they're in grams. So anyway, I have a scale, right? A cooking scale that you can use a tear on there. That means that if I put the bowl on the scale, it'll still start at zero, right? right? And then you can weigh your ingredients in there and you can put it on grams or ounces or um, I think it, there's another one. What would it be? Kilometer? Okay. I'm, I don't know. That's but a anyway. Milliliters? Now we're talking like middle school math that kind of goes. <laughs> and I'm thinking like in my head, if your kid <clears throat> loves mixing things like you, you have said Wyatt does and Hayden does where they love mixing things up, seeing what they look like, freezing it. Now, what does it look like? Like they take all these weird things and there's always something in my freezer. That's not food. I don't know what it is, but we watch the cooking channel where you're talking chemistry, where you have like all of these chemical reactions that have to happen with vinegar or baking soda. Is that it? Yes. Uh I mean, there's things Uh that have to happen. You have to be exact or yeast or the warm water, the temperature of the water. Yeah. A lot of chemistry too. Also in cooking is just reading directions. I mean, it took a long time. You really have to read it through first to see what's going to happen all the way to the end and then go back and do step by step. And that is a skill to my kids just always want to start it at the top. Like, okay, let's just get this. Well, 
now what? I mean, what's the, what's going to happen during this process? Yeah. And you're in the middle of your recipe and you realize, oh, I don't even have that ingredient. Right. Yes. The whole, again, sequencing, be able to plan. I mean, what a life skill, basic life skill is being able to plan out your time wisely, know what comes first, what comes next. But ultimately I need to know that I have this base of ingredients for the cooking part to be able right. to the end part and maybe even supplies like if you don't have the right size pan or you yeah. know tools there's that- a lot of a lot of skills and planning and everything that just on a day-to-day basis as we're making dinner we don't really think about but yeah as you and I are talking and we're breaking it down I mean all these things are like oh there's another one there's another one there's a lot of ways to go with the cooking thing that's right so reading chemistry Yeah. And math. That's a lot. All right. So number that was number number one was make lists. Number two is making cards. Number three was cooking. And number four is singing, singing Christmas carols and music or hymns or whatever your family does. And you can take it up a notch if you add the lyrics to it where they are reading lyrics. So um, I'm thinking of YouTube, you know, you can always find a video that you want, like Silent Night lyrics, and you search it, and it will show you, you know, like you watch in church, all the lyrics. That is great for reading fluency. You're reading the same words over and over a lot. You know, there's the chorus that comes every few minutes. And so they're reading the same things. Everything's written on a line, like in stanzas. So it's phrasing. So all of those things are really good for reading fluency. They really help readers be able to read quickly and recognize words more quickly. And also vocabulary, especially some of those older songs. Songs. Yeah, yeah. like Harold, Hark the Harold. Yes. I mean, what does that even mean? Do kids know what that means? Or a manger or the cattle are lowing, like all of those songs have Your really words. interesting yes. vocabulary in them. Our last one, which is number five, is performances. So something you're already doing as homeschool moms, your kids are already doing, go ahead and count it, is if they are in any performances for Christmas, like a Christmas play or a pageant or any of that, they might have to memorize lines, which is reading and memorizing. They may have to get up and present like I'm doing now. I'm presenting. So I'm using, trying to use good grammar sometimes and presentation skills, listening to what other people are saying. So I know when it's my turn, all of that is language arts. And so your child can already be doing that. If they're in some kind of performance, count that as language arts or whatever else you think it could be. Speaking and listening is all language arts. listening and just being on a stage I gotta toot my toot I've got to um promo my (laughs) jump rope class oh so they have a little platform at the holiday lights display you know in the area and we're gonna go out there and they don't have to sing or do anything I am asking a couple of them to do a little scripture reading the, nice. the scripture from Isaiah about Jesus being the wonderful counselor, similar to the Charlie Brown uh, Christmas 
show when they do that scene, but they're just going to jump rope with bells on and we're going to sing Christmas carols together with whoever's walking by. So it takes the pressure off of them as being on the stage or spotlight because they're doing things together, but just get creative and fun with it. And um, that's also volunteering. So if you have high schoolers, you can use that if they need volunteer hours. Yeah. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, there's probably more that we could think of, but those were the five off the top of our heads that homeschool moms are already doing. So don't beat yourself up if you're not getting all of your workbook pages done or whatever you do. These are things that you can say, "Woo! it's the holidays. We're going to have fun with it. And look, we're doing so much school already. So should I recap again? Yes. Number one. So these are five ways you're already homeschooling during the holidays. Everything, everything counts. counts. Everything, everything counts. the holiday, with the holidays, everything counts. That's right. Number one was making lists. Number two was making cards. Number three was cooking. Number four was singing with words, lyrics. And number five is performances. So be encouraged. You are already doing those things. I bet a lot of them count them, count them. Everything counts. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Rest in this season. It's ultimately about our savior being born and coming to earth. Um, so just have an enjoyable season with that. Yes. Take care. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're leaving you with this powerful scripture, John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now is the time to go get the 30 expert tips for how to be your child's best teacher with the homeschoolwell.com slash tips. We created it just for you to encourage, enlighten, and empower. Thanks again for joining us today. We're here to support you, Mama. You can do this. We want you to be enlightened, encouraged, and empowered. Don't forget to find us at thehomeschoolwell.com, Facebook, and Instagram.